Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to our online service at Emerge Church. We're so thankful that you have joined us today, and we cannot wait to worship with you. A few things before we jump into the service today. If you're a first-time guest, we would love to connect with you. Make sure you go to EmergeChurch.com, click on the online connection card, fill that out. We cannot wait to introduce you and welcome you to our church family. A few announcements to let you know about today. First thing is there will be no surge this afternoon. Obviously, it's the holiday weekend, and so we want our students to enjoy some time with their family and friends, but we will return next Sunday, so we're looking forward to that. Also, coming up on July 11th, this is a big men's night for us at Emerge Church. We're going to District 850 for some axe throwing. We would love to have you and some of your buds come out and join us. The cost is only $15. It's ages 16 and up. We would love to have you come out, throw some axes with us, have a great night and a great time together. And then coming up, this is a big announcement, coming up the weekend of July 30th and 31st is our Kids Takeover Weekend. Our Emerge Kids are coming, they're taking over the service, but on that Saturday is going to be a fantastic day. There's going to be a time of activities, some lessons, some different games, big events. We cannot wait for that. And then on Sunday, Emerge Kids is going to take over the worship service. They'll be leading worship. It's going to be an awesome time. Make sure you go to our website to sign your kids up. And if you're interested in serving and volunteering for that weekend, you can click on there as well. And if that was not enough, that Sunday right after church, we're bringing Serve Day to the Kids Takeover Weekend. This is a great opportunity for you and your family to be involved in serving our local community. We're going to stick around after service. We'll provide lunch for you, but we're going to be stuffing backpacks and teacher totes. And at the beginning of the school year, we'll be distributing those to all the students that are in need as well as teachers so that we can have a great start to the new school year. So those are a lot of great things that are happening right here at Emerge Church, and we hope that you will get involved. But right now, let's take a few moments. We want to spend some time worshiping together. Let's go into one of our previously recorded worship services and spend a little bit of time worshiping God, and then I'll be right back with a word for you for today. Good morning, Emerge. You guys come ready to worship today? Come on, on your feet. Let's go.
arms see the strongholds break in the blink of an eye death and all i sin nowhere inside for the lord he is alive see the lost return from the dead of the night every captive free every chain left behind have you ever seen such a beautiful sight all the world come in alive see the lost
Before we jump into the message today, I just want to wish you and your friends and your family a happy Independence Day weekend as we celebrate our great nation. I hope this is a a great weekend for you and your family. Also, I do want to shout out our dream team. Today, we, uh, we obviously are having just an online service, but we take this week off so that our dream team can have a day of rest Uh, Thank you so much to everyone who serves on our dream team that helps us make church happen each and every week. Thank you for for your time, your heart, and your love for our church, but we hope that you enjoy your time off and return next week rested and ready to go. In fact, if you got somebody on the dream team that you love, why don't you tag them in one of the comments and let them know how much you appreciate them. Amen? So let's jump into the message this morning. I want to go to the book of Mark chapter 8. We're in a series right now called Summer School, and we've been taking different topics from the Bible and teaching about them in in an effort to help us to see how they relate to our everyday life. And today we're going to go to the book of Mark chapter 8, and I want to talk a little bit about faith, a little bit about faith. Mark chapter 8 verse 22 says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, 
some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. And Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? I love this story because we see that Jesus is doing some things in a way that we would not expect. Like no one would ever expect Jesus to spit on someone. And this right here helps us to see sometimes God will do some things in a way that we didn't think he would do to accomplish some things that only he can accomplish. As we continue to read in verse 24, it says, the man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. And then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were open. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. And Jesus sent him away saying, don't go into the village on your way home. Today we're going to use this story to talk to you a little bit about faith. Let's pray before we jump in. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your word, that it is alive and that it is still speaking. And Father, I pray that your word will speak to us today. Let our faith be encouraged. Let it grow to believe you in ways that we never, ever expected so we can see things we never thought of before. God, today, use this message, Father, to touch and affect all of our lives. Use me as a voice for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So we're talking about faith And I think we all know faith is one of those topics. In fact, I think it's probably the most important topic that we can talk about because everything in relation to God and Jesus and following him has to do with our faith. And every one of us have faith. All of us in here have faith. And when we look in Mark chapter 8, I am so very impressed with the faith in this story. First and foremost, I'm impressed with the people that had enough faith to bring the blind man to Jesus. They obviously believed that Jesus could do something with this man's life if they brought him to Jesus. And thankfully, we've had friends in our lives that has brought us to Jesus. And as a result, we have seen him do some things in our lives. But I'm also impressed with the faith of the blind man. That this blind man had enough faith that he was willing to follow Jesus into a place that he had never been before. And so when you look at this story, it is just loaded with faith. And today I want to use this story to teach you a little bit about faith so that your faith can grow in your life. Now most of the time for us to believe something, we have to see it first. But this blind man, he couldn't see it. He didn't have that option to see something. He just had to trust. And as he trusted Jesus, that led to him being able to see. And look what Jesus said about seeing and believing. In John chapter 20, verse 29, it says, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. And that's what I love about this story because this blind man, he couldn't see Jesus. He had to trust him. When Jesus led him out of the village, he couldn't see him. He just had to allow Jesus to lead him. And because he allowed Jesus to lead him, he wound up in a place where a miracle took place in his life. And now he could see. So let's talk about faith a little bit this morning. 
there's a lot of ideas currently about faith in our world. Like, what is your faith? What is your belief system? And I have come to the conclusion and just observing people that people believe all sorts of things. And without maybe recognizing it, people are literally worshiping all sorts of things. And I know that's very common in other cultures and maybe even in other countries, but there, there is this draw and this pull that we have a dependency and we have an allegiance to so many different things and it doesn't look like church and it doesn't look like the system of belief that would be more defined by the church system, but there is still a, 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 an allegiance. There is still this dedication to these different things and it could fall into the category, I think, of worship. And this is a really challenging topic whenever you begin to talk about faith because in the world today, there is a search for truth. There are so many questions and there are so many questions about even God, even about the church, even about how things operate. And, and with this search for truth, there's many ideas and many philosophies and, and there's no shortage of teaching. And what happens is that there is a search, I believe, that people have uh, for a belief system that they can build their lives on. People are looking for truth because they want something to build their lives on. And unfortunately, what has happened in our world is we have, um, we have a culture that is shifting to try to build a belief system out of our lives instead of building a belief system on our faith in God. And so the result is we take some of this belief, we take some of that belief, we take some of this religion, we take some of that teaching, we mix it together to come up with a collaboration of beliefs. And honestly, we do that because we want something that fits what we like and we want it to be. But in Ephesians chapter 5, it says that God gave us pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets and apostles to build up the church so that we would not be tossed around by every wind of doctrine. And this is what is happening in our world. People are all over the place with their beliefs and they need something that is stable, literally like an anchor for their beliefs. And James chapter 1 verse 8 says it just plain. He says their loyalty is divided between God and the world. They want God, but they want everything the world has. And look what he says. And they are unstable. They are unstable in everything that they do, meaning that there is not a firm foundation to stand on because they want some of this and they want some of that. And so today, as we're speaking about faith, we aren't talking about this universal worldview of faith. We're talking about having faith in the one true God who gave his, his son to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're talking about having a faith in God. Amen? And so a few things that I felt like we needed to, to introduce to you today as we talk about faith, because I, I do understand that we all have our different ways of believing, and this is very common that people say, I believe this, and I believe that, and you can believe your, your, what you want, and you can believe what you want, but just because you believe what you want doesn't mean that what you believe is actually right. And I know that's a strong statement because we don't like anyone telling us that we're wrong. And I'm not trying to tell you that you're wrong. I'm just trying to help you to see the one, 
the one true God. And if you put your faith and trust in him, you will have a solid foundation to build your life out of. So here's a few things that we need to know about faith. The first thing is this, is that God gave it to you. The reason that you do have faith is because God gave it to you. Romans 12 verse 3, it says, God has dealt to each one a measure. And if you can imagine that measure of faith being like a seed, God has given us all a seed of belief, and we determine where we're going to plant that seed. And many people choose to plant that seed in Jesus Christ and build their lives on him. And as a result, it produces much fruit that is life-giving, is life-changing, life-sustaining. But other people choose to take their faith, their seed of faith, and plant it in other areas. And whatever, wherever you plant, it's going to determine what grows. But you need to know that the faith that you have, God gave it to you. And I can only encourage you, put your faith in Jesus Christ and you'll see the best results. Here's the second thing. Faith has potential. It has potential. Sometimes when we think of faith, because we think of it as a system, we limit it just to what we believe instead of who we believe. And so faith has the potential, Matthew 17, verse 20, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Your faith has great potential. In fact, let me say it like this. Your faith in God has so much potential that there's the possibilities of what God can do in your life that you haven't even factored in yet. There's the possibility of his favor, his blessing, and his provision in your life. And this is because faith has potential. Here's the next thing that we should know about faith. Faith is foundation and it is evidence. It's not feelings, it's foundation. It is evidence. In Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says, now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. And so whenever you're praying for something, obviously you must have faith. And faith is, I don't see it yet, but my faith stands in place of what I don't see. Remember, you don't have to see it in order to believe it, but you do have to believe it in order to see it. And so this right here tells us that whenever you have the kind of faith that you can believe it before you see it, it serves as a foundation and it serves as evidence. And I can tell you the most important foundation you can build your life on is a life trusting in Jesus Christ. Amen? Here's another thing about faith. Faith is a work order. Faith is a work order. James chapter 2, verse 17 says, Faith that doesn't show itself by good works is no faith at all. It is dead and useless. Faith is a work order. I used to work maintenance at a hospital back in Baton Rouge. And whenever something was broken, whenever something needed to be done, there was a work order that was submitted. And when the work order was submitted, we would receive it. And that work order would tell us, this is what needs to be done. The person who submitted the work order believed when they submitted it that if we received the work order, it was going to be accomplished. So it is with our 
faith. We submit it to God, and as a result, we see God work on it. But not only does he work on it, he puts us in the place to work on it because we are co-laborers with Christ. So faith is also a work order. I believe it, but I also I work it out. I ask God for it, but I work like it's going to happen. And so faith is also a work order. Here's the next thing you need to know about faith. It's how we are saved. We are saved by believing and trusting in God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. Notice it doesn't say when you got everything right, when you stopped acting like this. It says God saved you when you believed. And you can't take credit for this because it is a gift from God. So we are saved by faith. And this is why it's so important that we talk about faith because if we're not careful, we overlook these things and allow faith just to become all about how we feel. And I can say this, faith can produce some feelings, but faith isn't just feelings. Amen? Faith is trusting, leaning on, having a conviction about Jesus Christ. Now, there's something else I need to tell you whenever it comes to faith. This is what we also need to realize is that fear is a form of faith. Fear actually is a form of faith because what is it? It's believing that the worst could happen instead of trusting in God. And believe it or not, when you follow your fears, you're really exercising your faith in a way that God doesn't approve. When we, when we give in to our fears, we're believing that the worst could happen. And I heard it said like this, fear is false evidence appearing real. And this is, this is something that we have definitely dealt with in our own lives personally. In our world, there's been a state of fear where because we expect the, the, the worst, because we see things happening that we can't control, we can't predict, there is a fear that is causing us to act, that is causing us to react to the different events in our world. This is what we need to know. What we do with our faith is going to determine the direction of our lives. Wherever we aim our faith, if we aim it at trusting in God, it's going to affect the direction of our lives. If we aim it at believing in our fears and following our fears, it will definitely determine the direction of our lives. And what God wants more than anything else this is what God wants more than anything else. He wants us to trust in Him. He wants us to hold on to Him, to believe Him through whatever it is that we're walking through. He wants you to know that He can be trusted. But what Satan wants you to do more than anything is he wants you to lose your faith in God. And he will do anything to cause that. He will overwhelm you. He will stress you out. He will cause conflict. He will tempt you. He will lie to you. He will deceive you. He will seduce you. He will, he will guilt trip you. Whatever he has to do to you to cause you to lose faith in God, he will do. And this right here is an opportunity for us to look at our lives and say, what are the areas that I'm feeling overwhelmed? Where are the areas that I'm having a lot of anxiety and I'm stressing out? Where are the areas that I have conflict? Where are these areas at? Because chances are these are some areas that Satan is trying to manipulate for one reason. And that reason is to cause us to lose our faith 
in God. But I want to help you today. I want to help you so that you do not lose your faith, but you can build your faith. And I can't tell you how important this is to our walk with God. If we're going to keep going and keep growing in our walk with God, these are some essential things that we must do in order to build our faith. Here's number one. We must get in God's word. We must get in God's word. And I know we, we, as a church, we have said this, and as believers, we have heard this for years and years and years. And there is absolutely nothing that can replace God's word in our lives. There is no quote, there is no soundbite that is more important than God's word because the Bible tells us in Romans that faith comes from hearing God's word. Faith comes from hearing God's word. And this brings into question, what is it that we are listening to? What is it that has your attention that you are listening to? We must tune in to God's word so that our faith can be built. And when we say tune into his word, that means we must read it. That means we must study it. That means we must listen to it. That means we must obey it. That means we must allow it to influence us. And I cannot stress enough the importance of having a daily devotional, spending time with God. And maybe you're sitting there today and you've got a Bible and you don't even know where to start. There's some fantastic online resources. We like the YouVersion uh, online Bible app that you can use on your phone. There's a lot of different Bible reading plans. There's a lot of different devotionals on there to help you to get a good track so that you can you can consistently spend time in God's Word. There's some great podcasts that are out there. There's some great sermons that you can listen to. Whatever it is that is associated with God's Word, get it in you. Get in the Bible so that the Bible can get into you. Get into God's Word so His Word can get into you. And when you have a foundation of God's Word, it is going to build your faith. In fact, the Bible says it like this, his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So if I'm going to build my faith, I want to get into God's word. When is the last time that you got into God's word? If it's been a while, it's time to start again. Here's the second thing. How do I build my faith? I want to get in God's word. But number two, I want to get around other believers. I want to get around other people who are believing and trusting God. Get around other people whose foundation in their life is the word of God. Because you become like the people that you are around. And I believe we need to get around the influence of believers, meaning people who believe God. Who are the people that you're surrounding yourself with? And it's great to have people that you do things with for entertainment, but who are going to be the people that are going to stand with you in faith in different situations where you must believe God, where you must hold on to Him? I believe it's important to get around some believers, and that's why I believe it's so important for us to be involved in a local church. And thank you to everyone that's a part of Emerge Church because I believe it's so important for your growth for your relationship with God. But maybe you're out there and you say, I don't feel like being around other people. God designed us to do life together. Why? Because he knew that their faith could influence ours to believe him more. And so I'm going to encourage you today, get around 
believers. Now, does that mean that we got to cut off unbelievers in our lives? That is not at all what I mean. What it means is don't allow them to influence your beliefs. If there's a person that you're in a relationship with, they're your friends, that's fine. Just don't allow them to influence what you believe about God and allow them to take the place of your the, of the word of God in your life. Now, I will say this though, if you're struggling with that and you're losing faith because of friendships, I think it's time to reprioritize so that you can maintain the Word of God, you can maintain that relationship with God. And of course, I can't tell you how important it is that you and I are part of the church. So we want to get in God's Word. That's going to build our faith. I want to get around other believers. That's going to build my faith. But number three is one that's a little bit different, but I think it's important. You want to get under some spiritual leadership. Get under some spiritual leadership. And I'll say it like this. Who is leading you spiritually? Who is it that is, that is challenging you to believe God in your situation? Who is it that's helping you to take the next step in your walk with God? Because this is so important for the growth of our faith. And so if we don't have good spiritual leadership in our lives, it's like a kid that is at home that is unsupervised and they're hungry. Instead of eating what they're supposed to eat, they're just going to eat candy. They're just going to eat all the fun stuff. But there is some nutrition that they need in their life that's going to help them to grow, to be strong. And it's the same with us. We need some spiritual nutrition to feed us. And that's where good spiritual leadership comes into place. It, it helps us to digest and to feast on the Word of God. Some of the areas that we wouldn't read, some of the things that we don't want to talk about, good spiritual leadership puts us in a place to sit at the table and eat from God's Word the things that we didn't think about eating, the things that we didn't think about reading or looking into that has a direct effect on our faith. And I'll even say it like this. Who is it that's helping you take those steps, those faith steps in your life? That's why spiritual leadership is so important. Jesus said it like this. He told these guys, he said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That was a spiritual leadership move that he made and the disciples made whenever they chose to follow Jesus. And I know many people have chosen to follow Jesus. And so when you say this, many people say, well, I'm following Jesus. I have the spiritual leadership that I need. But then we see the Apostle Paul who says to, to, to many believers, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. And what, what he's saying is you need a faith example in your life. You need someone that can stand in a place to speak God's word over you, speak God's word into your life, to speak God's word with you so that you can grow. And so I'm saying this, let's grow as we go in our faith. And I, I, I'm serious, as a spiritual leader, I say, follow me as we follow Christ so that we can take the steps that we need. And I'm challenged every day, even by my own spiritual leadership, to take steps of faith. But I believe if we want our faith to grow, we have to get in God's word. We've got to get around other believers, but we also need to get under 
some spiritual leadership. And maybe you've been hesitant about getting connected in the church. Maybe, maybe you attend and you listen to the messages, but you're not sure if you really want to become a part of Emerge Church and call it home. Today, I encourage you, take that step. Make Emerge Church your home, and not just as an attender, not just someone in the crowd, but as someone who is getting involved and becoming a part of what God is doing here. And then here's the fourth thing. If we're going to grow in our faith, we've got to get on a firm foundation a firm foundation. And a foundation is what we build our lives on. We build our lives on whatever it is that we believe the strongest. Whatever we believe in the strongest is right now in our lives, that's what we're building our lives on. But I, I believe and I say we should believe God. And our faith in God should be the strongest area of faith in our lives so that we will build our lives on Him. Because his word is true. His principles are proven. His direction is certain. And his ways, they are right. This is the firm foundation to build on. And it's tested. And it's proven. And even when the winds come, even when the storms come, because we have built our lives on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, we do not have to fear when the storm comes because we know it will still stand. If we build our lives on him, we will not fall. We will continue to stand. What is it that you're building your lives on? What has become the foundation of your life? Many of us have allowed our careers to become the foundation of our lives. In other words, the career makes the decisions for what we do. Many of us have allowed our children to become the foundation of our lives. And we live our lives chasing them, and and we make all of our decisions based off of them. And if we're not careful, we're missing out on what God is saying, what God wants to do. Today, can I draw your attention back to saying, I'm going to build my life on the foundation of Christ Jesus. Because my faith in God, it's more than just my opinion. It's more than just my idea. It is my foundation. It is my conviction. I am convinced that Jesus, He is the way. He is the truth. He is the light. So I will build my life on Jesus, my Savior, I will build my life on Jesus, my healer, my Lord, my teacher, my deliverer, my leader. This is the foundation of my life. As we close today, I want to take your attention back to this story we read earlier. Because it took faith for this man to follow Jesus. He had to believe before he could see. He had to trust Jesus He had to follow him before he was able to see. And when it comes to sight, sight is the ability to see something. And I believe this. Hear me out. I believe God wants to give us vision. Not just the ability to see things, but the ability to see him. Can you even see what God is doing today? Can you see what God is trying to do in your life? Can you see today that God is trying to get your attention? Can you see today that God is is trying to get you to see His love for you? He's, He's going to every extent to convince you, to help you to see that He is worthy of believing.
He is worthy of building your life upon. And it's not just what you see, but how you see Him that determines what you believe. How do you see Him today? We mentioned this over the last couple of weeks. Some people, they just see Him as a judge. And they just see God as someone watching and waiting for us to mess up. But God, his, He wasn't wanting to be a judge. It was our sin that put Him in the position to be a judge. Some people just see him as a king. God never wanted to be a king. Man wanted God to be a king because they wanted to be like everyone else. They wanted to have someone to rule them. But God's intention was to be a father, to be a loving father. And when you see God as a father, you see someone who loves you. You see God as a father. You see someone who you can relate to, someone who will provide for you. Someone who will give you what you need. You see that you can have wisdom and direction and affirmation and correction and healing and covering, unconditional love. You can have counsel. You can have security. All of that. All of that comes by putting your faith and trust in Him. And maybe today you watch this message and you heard the scripture, you heard the different points, and it's put you in a place now where you realize, I must not just have an opinion about God. I must have trust and faith in Him and make Him the foundation. And today, you can make Him the foundation of your life. Is it going to require change? Obviously, it will but I believe it will be the most important change that has ever been made when you allow Jesus to be the cornerstone, the foundation that you build your life upon. And I'm going to pray with you this morning because maybe you've never had a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never looked into allowing Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Today can be a new start, a fresh beginning for you he can be the foundation of your life. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for going to the cross to take the punishment that I deserved. Today, I call out to you and ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. I need you to be the foundation of my life. I want to build my life on you. So today, I surrender my life to you. I give you my heart. And I choose to live my life your way. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me, for making new, me a new person. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer today, we're so excited about what God is beginning in your life. And I want to ask you to take a step now. You can go to our online connection card at EmergeChurch.com. Fill that out and let us know that you took the step to give your life to Jesus. You're committing your life to Christ. And we want to follow up with you this week because we know that God isn't finished with you yet. We want to help you to take the next steps in your relationship with God because this is just the beginning. 
We're so excited that you have made that decision. Let's not stop here. Let's keep going. Amen. We celebrate you today. We're so excited about that. Before we go, I do want to let you know, if you would like to support our church and support our ministry and what God is doing here at Emerge Church, we want to draw your attention to our website, EmergeChurch.com. You can go online and, and you can give your donations there. You can also text your amount to 84321. There's a drop down, a link with a drop down box that'll uh, help you to see the different ways that you can give to Emerge Church. But I just want to say, as Pastor, thank you so much for investing and believing in what we do here at Emerge Church. Thank you for your generosity. It's because of your giving, you enable us to do the very things that we do right here in this city and also throughout all the world. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday in person, Tallahassee Autumn Museum, 1030 a.m. We love you guys. Have a great weekend.